Hello, and welcome back to episode three of the podcast of the Million Vegan Grandmothers. And today I have the honor of interviewing one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. Will Tuttle. Dr. Will Tuttle is the author of the World Peace Diet. That is often how he's, you know, he's been known, but such an accomplished person and such a great human being. Dr. Will Tuttle is an award-winning speaker, educator, author, and musician. His music, writings, and presentations focus on compassion, intuition, meditation, social justice, and creativity. Creator of the best-selling book, The World Peace Diet, as well as over a dozen other books and CDs, Dr. Tuttle presents regularly, both online and at conferences and events throughout North America and worldwide. A former Zen monk with a PhD in education from UC Berkeley, where his dissertation, The Role of Intuition in Education, was nominated for the Best Dissertation Award in 1988. He has worked extensively exploring and promoting intuition development, nonviolent living, meditation, healing music, creativity, holistic health, animal liberation, and cultural evolution. Traveling globally, and I know he's just returned with his spouse Madeline, a visionary artist from Switzerland. He presents lectures and concerts of original uplifting piano music, which we'll hear at the end of this podcast, often accompanied by Madeline's watercolor paintings and silver flute. In centers, he typically presents the morning special music, meditation and messages later given, an educational seminar on developing intuition as well as a concert of original music, Piano Passion. These are intended to generate inspiration and insight for personal and planetary healing. Wow, Will, we're looking forward to some of your inspiration. Thank you, thanks so much, Tammy. Uh, it's wonderful to uh, be a part of the, the initiative that you're working on, the Million Vegan Grandmothers, very exciting, great, great work. Thank you. We're actually launching it this week. And just as we're um, coming very close to the first ever vegan Earth Day March. So have the grandmother right. will be have sponsored that and we'll be celebrating uh, that globally. So Will, I would like you to just get started and share and share how the World Peace Diet came about and then maybe move a little bit into um, you know, the wisdom of the elders, you know, the vegan elders, when we step up into that position and our responsibility to humanity and to the animals and to the earth liberation. And, and um, yeah, thank you. I, here we go. Thanks, Tammy. Yeah, it's, it's great to see you again. I remember so well our time together in Northern California a few years ago. And uh, yeah, so the World Peace Diet is the product uh, really of many years of, of soul searching and research that I did both on the outer level and on the inner level. And it's really a book that gives the big picture of our society 
and looks at it through the lens really of our culture's treatment of animals, our, our mistreatment of them mainly for food and other products, and how all of us have been given this wonderful gift of a physical body that does not require any animals to suffer, to get all the nutrients that we need to celebrate our lives on this beautiful earth, but that we've been born into a culture where from the time we're little infants, we're compelled to participate in meals where we're eating the flesh and secretions of animals who have been abused. And it's done in a very well-meaning way, as you know, by our parents and relatives and friends and um, teachers and ministers and so forth and doctors. Um, but the problem is that the violence that is involved in animal agriculture is not only uh, destroying the ecosystems on our planet, the wastefulness of it, and the fact that we have to feed all these animals, but also we're causing violence, we're eating that, there's toxicity in the foods. And you would think that we would be able to relatively easily understand this and move away from it and move toward organic whole plant-based food way of eating and living based on harmony and respect for nature and for animals and for each other. But it's very difficult uh, for people to make this transformation or this transition. So I wrote the World Peace Diet to really explore why it's so difficult for us to make this change. And that gets into some very interesting things like the history of our society and going way back 10,000 years to the original herding of animals and how that changed the relationship between humanity and nature and a relationship of domination and exploitation of animals and nature and of the sacred feminine dimension of life, Sophia. And so there's this great wounding that really has happened in our society and that wounding is passed on from generation to generation. And so because we're so wounded and we have to shut down our natural uh, sense of empathy, we have to shut down our natural uh, rationality and, and capacity to really understand what's going on in our intelligence in order to participate uh, in these mealtime rituals of eating animal-based foods, then it, it just makes it difficult for us to actually heal this whole thing. So it's really a spiritual journey that I think in many ways is required. And that's where the wisdom, I think, of the elders comes in. You know, I wrote the World Peace Diet to try to give the big picture and then show the pathway forward yeah, and I've been now uh, walking the path of veganism since 1980, so it's now 43 years. And I always say it's the smartest thing I ever did besides marrying my wonderful wife, Madeline. And, uh, you know, she's also a longtime uh, uh, vegan. And really, I have to say, after 43 years, you know, sometimes we hear uh, grumblings or, or accusations, I guess you could say, from the world that longtime vegans don't do well, that, you know, there's just nutrients missing and we and so forth. And I just think you know, that's such that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm every day gets better. Here I am. I'm in my 70th year. Madeline is actually five years older than me and she's looks amazing and is thriving. So we don't need to abuse animals to get some mystical, mythical nutrient that we're, that we're not getting from plants. All the nutrients that are in milk, dairy products, eggs and meat and fish and so forth, all came from plants. So we can eat the plants directly. So I think the more we can uh, develop this understanding, and I think that's really where elders come in to show that we can thrive and celebrate and be joyful and creative and healthy 
uh, on a plant-based way of eating, uh, on a vegan uh, way of living based on liberating other living beings and not being a force for uh, stealing the sovereignty, stealing the purposes, stealing the children and the, and the very lives of other living beings. We don't have to do that. We don't live in this malevolent universe. We live really in a benevolent universe and it's based underlying everything on the idea that we are uh, infinite and eternal consciousness essentially that's manifesting through a vehicle. So we're here to learn and grow and contribute to uh, the evolution really of uh, consciousness here. And one of the main impediments to that really is the food uh, indoctrination program. So I just love the idea of the million vegan grandmothers because vegan elders really, I think in many ways, hold the keys. One of the things, you know, I just wanna say one more thing. Uh, my PhD in education focused on what's really going on in the educational system. And that's why I really wanted to write about intuition development because uh, our educational system neglects intuition and spirituality and represses them. And instead of that, it focuses on, on forcing children uh, all the way up, all the way through, even into college and graduate school to blindly obey authority and blindly trust authority figures. That's really the agenda behind the educational system is to give rewards to, to those who follow the authorities and trust the authorities blindly the most. And this is the complete opposite of, of real education. Real education is the opposite of that. It's reconnecting with the inner locus of wisdom that's inside of us, not out projected outside onto somebody else. And so I really feel quite uh, uh, disturbed that our educational system is harming our children so much. I feel like growing up in the 1950s and, and 60s, I had a lot less indoctrination. I still had indoctrination, but it seems like it's worse now uh, because there's just a more heavy-handed application of this authoritarian mindset and there's more surveillance. There's less room to question everything. There's more uh, medical domination and exploitation of people. And uh, young people, I think, are really bearing the brunt of this. There's more uh, sort of uh, anti-nature, really, the, being against the natural way of living, of, of just seeing uh, each other as we are. And so I think uh, it's more important than ever that we as elders uh, bring to the uh, table, to the conversation, our experience and our awareness, because in traditional societies, the elders were the greatest resource of the entire that they had. It was the elders. But the problem is, of course, this is the key thing, <laughs> if the elders, when they're younger, neglect to do the inner work to cultivate their inner wisdom and to clarify and have a, a, a bigger view of the world, then when they become elders, all they are is just narrow-minded old people who don't have a whole lot to offer, quite honestly. So it's really important when we're younger to do the inner work. When we become elders, then we should do the inner work even more, right? We should have, in a sense, time to do that in India, that's the idea. When you when you're done with your householding, 
then you really focus your attention on the spiritual awakening that is really the purpose of our life. And that's your, a great contribution that we can make to our children and grandchildren is the spiritual lum luminosity, really, that can come when we focus our attention on understanding our true nature and seeing how the source of what we are and the source of apparent other people and animals, it's the same source. So that, that basic sense of love and respect that we can generate for them. So that's it. I think, you know, the, the vegan, vegan elders who have done the inner work uh, are one of the greatest resources we can ever imagine because veganism is the, is the, the modern iteration of ahimsa or nonviolence that's practical. It goes right to the core of the problem, of the root of the problems we're having, which is our violence domination of the sacred feminine, of animals, of nature, and of really of our own inner wisdom. So I want to thank you and all the other million vegan grandmothers who are coming together and bringing the vegan grandfathers along with them. <laughs> it's usually the women are leading the way here and um, and bring uh, this basic sanity of ahimsa or nonviolence you know, back into our society. Thank you, Will. You know, you made some really great, you know, points is that not, you know, a lot of us didn't have elders that we could respect. And they weren't way showers. And in our modern culture, you know, our, some of our parents, you know, they got lost, they got lost in that world of addiction and, and coping, you know, really. And then it seems to be carried forth and, and I, and things are very, in a very controlled manner right now, you know, everything from, you know, vaccinations to, to the food supply, to what's subsidized, you know, the dairy and mm -hmm. the dairy and meat industry, how heavily subsidized it is. And so a lot of the messages aren't getting out and we need to be wise. We need to dig deeper and wisdom is always questioning. That's what wisdom means is to really question, question the narrative, question everything. Absolutely. Take nothing at face value. Many people have been taught to just pay attention and memorize, but not really. To, and the education system is set up for that. Don't question the narrative, you know. And the other thing that you, and I'd like you to comment on that. And the other thing I'd really appreciate you commenting on again is this has been coming into my vision a lot lately. And, and it's something that I think I really want to focus on uh, with my education with Dr. Gabriel Cousins and the Tree of Life and also at Hippocrates is so many vegans are going back to eating flesh food. And they're saying, you know, we can't, we're not getting by, our gut isn't <laughs> well. And, and I'm like, I really want to specialize on how to be 100% successful on a vegan diet because it's, sometimes it's small tweaks, you know, just the smallest tweak, like soaking our nuts and seeds and getting rid of the phytic acid or chewing our food more, developing maybe the microbes that we need to break down the cellulose when we first go vegan. So great that's a that's a great point i really want to um follow up on that thank you for saying that because that's really important and one of the things a lot of people who go vegan uh, they do it for the animals right that's great we do it for, i'm doing it for the animals i don't want to co contribute to their suffering 
And so they don't really care that much about their health. I mean, they care, but uh, so they're eating uh, a lot of ve so-called vegan foods. And I think it's important to realize I've been a vegan now in the movement for over 40 years. And I think there's a, a major forces that are infiltrating the vegan movement directly and indirectly to weaken it and to make us sicker and to make us uh, make the whole vegan movement less uh, powerful in confronting. So we have the whole lab grown meat kind of thing and all these other meat alternatives and dairy alternatives that are plant based foods in the sense that they they don't have any any animal inputs directly. But they're uh, they come from plants, they come from factories, they're factory foods. And these factory foods very often are just filled with toxins, uh, genetically engineered ingredients and uh, pesticide, herbicide, and fungicide residues. And so people think, oh, it's so great. You know, it's so delicious to have this. It tastes just like the real thing. And um, we tend to get sort of proud of ourselves, I think, for having these vegan alternatives and using them to perhaps share with other people. But they're harmful to our health because our body is basically being bombarded with poisons in our world today. And we're being deceived. We're being bombarded with a lot of uh, poisons that are lies, those kind of poisons, but also chemical toxins. There's uh, virtually like a hundred thousand now different chemical uh, chemicals that are used uh, in agriculture and are spewed into the water and the air and in industrial processes. And so our body is working very hard to cleanse all these toxins. A lot of them come in through the food. Others come in through water and air in clothing and, and, and personal care products, all these things. So a lot of people go vegan, they're still using toxic sunscreen and toxic eye makeup and shampoo and laundry detergent and cleaning detergents, and they're not filtering their water properly or in air and all these things. So, so there's a, it's really important to take a holistic approach to health and realize that we're consuming in all these different ways. So the food for sure, should be totally plant-based and and organically grown is very important nowadays because glyphosate is a broad spectrum antibiotic the main ingredient in roundup it's the most pervasive uh chemical agricultural chemical in the world and it's in everything now really if it's not organic it has glyphosate so a lot of people are having digestive issues directly caused by that and they're vegans or non-vegans both uh, that's a whole long discussion, but buying organic is no longer, I don't think, an option. It's, it's absolutely essential. And uh, whole foods also, we shouldn't be eating processed foods, these processed foods that have preservatives and colors and even oils. I think uh, it's better to eat the whole nuts and seeds and like you say, sprouting them. And uh, so there's all these things to learn. It's not that difficult, but we just have to read labels, read ingredients, pay attention, and realize that our health depends on all these other aspects. And uh, another way we consume also is the media, right? We like I sometimes when I tell people I have not been to a doctor in 50 years, they go, wow, that's amazing. And I say, well, it's not that difficult. I haven't watched TV in 50 years. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the television is just spewing toxins. The 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 act, everything about it is is an attack on our health, our mental health, our spiritual health, our physical health. So it's very important to disconnect from mainstream media completely. I think, 
and to really pay attention to what I'm taking in on the computer or on the, on the phone or in reading and be selective. We had an old saying at the farm, which is where I went vegan. It was a hippie commune back in the seventies that we had to, the saying was to guard your gourd, you know, pay attention to your, your head <laughs> and don't let garbage in. Right. And so that's very important. Take time every day to sit in silence, to meditate, take time every day to connect with nature. And in a, in a way that really gets us to feel our connection with nature, with the natural world. And, and uh, take time every day to do something creative and really focus on our relationships. A lot of people, even vegans, uh, get sick because they have unresolved anger and frustration and resentment to parents or to former friends and neighbors or lovers or whatever. All that stuff eats away at us. And so we we really have to question the narrative of going to a doctor or going to a drugstore to get a, a fix of any kind. That's something I have not gone to a drugstore in 50 years to get anything except for some band-aids. That's it. But you know, the only way we're going to really be healthy is to rely on our own intelligence and rely on the natural world around us and rely on the spirit, uh, our, our eternal spirit. And connect with that. I mean, there may be, uh, you know, occasions when we need to rely on the medical system, but I think it's really important to question it because we're being bombarded with messages to rely on the medical system, which is based on toxins. It's based on uh, chemicals and poisons, and people are. We're all being poisoned, and we're being told we're being lied to. We're being told that it's for our own good, and it's not for our own good. It always harms us, and children especially are being poisoned nowadays through injections, through the food, and the and just in general through all all these different ways. So, as elders, I think it's really important to be role models of being healthy. And as vegans, we should be role models of being healthy. And that means not eating this unhealthy so-called vegan food, processed vegan food, going back to organically grown vegetables, fruits, grains, nuts, seeds, potatoes, mushrooms, herbs, as at least I would say half, maybe half to two thirds being raw and living foods and preparing it with love. That's the other thing. A lot of people, we're eating it, we're, we're distracted, we're eating you know, while we're driving or while we're who knows what, arguing or something. <laughs> so it's really important to get back to the ancient wisdom that we had of being connected to nature and uh, eating with a sense of gratitude. And I think really the other thing is as much as possible, grow your own food or at least know where it's coming from. Because nowadays the food system is being really compromised. So even on this little piece of land, a quarter of an acre we have here, we've got 70 fruit trees growing and nut trees. And we've got six raised beds of vegetables and we've got lots of berries and herbs and all kinds of things growing. Madeline comes in every day with this gigantic thing of greens, <laughs> puts it in the blender, <laughs> we eat it, you know. And, and when you grow your own food, it's not just food, it's medicine in the sense that it's the plants get to know us over the years. And so they're giving us nutrients exactly that we need. So that's something that we've forgotten. We've forgotten how uh, plants and humans uh, can connect in this very loving, uh, supportive way. And we, as we love them, they love us back. This is really the way we should be eating in, in harmony with nature around us. And again, these are ancient teachings 
that the elders typically did hold, but now have forgotten, but it's time for us um, to rediscover those again and put them into practice. Thanks, Will. Oh, you know, I love the whole systems, you know, perspective, because it's, it's true. I mean, I, when I was sick and, and trying to find a cure for Crohn's, because I wasn't just going to take, you know, take the Kool-Aid, you know, the, which it was actually way more toxic than Kool-Aid, but so I was exploring. And, and one of the things I found out from my traditional medicine doctor is that, you know, the bowel store sadness. And during those four years of healing Crohn's very much through a, a vegan whole food, live food diet, I, I processed a lot of sadness. So thank you for bringing that up because, you know, we store a lot of emotion in our body and, and, you know, it's, it's a small area to store it in. We need to release it. (laughs) (laughs) All those emotions year after year after year. And uh, so final thoughts, any final thoughts of how we can go forward. And then I would love it if you could end with the, uh, compassion circles the earth mm-hmm. yes okay well thank you again and and for final thoughts i just want to thank everyone who's watching or listening and part of this conversation because uh, you are part of the beautiful uh, solution to the problems that we're having you know we have we have these massive problems i mean we can see it when we really tune in to what's happening on the earth the cutting down of rainforests and the destruction of oceans and the really the loss of our sovereignty in many ways and the uh, the dividing of humanity and making us criticize and fight with each other and so forth and these are the things that we solve in within ourselves and then through that we work on creating community so i think underlying everything is the idea of community and underlying community is the is the idea of uh, empowered individuals. So there's nothing more powerful than a, an individual human being who is connecting with our true nature and the awareness that what we are is not just an object, a thing that was born and will die, that what we are is infinite and eternal consciousness, awareness functioning through a vehicle. And we have tremendous capacities, far more than we're told. And then when we do that inner work, and then when we come together in communities of various kinds, they can be local vegetarian or vegan communities, they can be an online community like the uh, Million Vegan Grandmothers, there's all kinds of ways we can create communities, uh, friends and neighbors and so forth. But it's through creating communities that we really uh, begin to be uh, doubling and tripling and quadrupling our efforts, because it's like a snowball effect. The more the more we collect, connect with other people and share the being that we are, the more it resonates. So I, as a musician, uh, I'm, I work always with, with resonance and frequency and vibratory uh, interactions. And I think that's the key, you know, is to understand that as we raise our own vibration as an individual, then we begin to tune into and help others to raise their vibratory level too. And then we're no longer uh, really susceptible to the kinds of attacks and harms that are being spewed out. We're no longer going to believe the lies. We, we immediately 
resonate and we go, no, no, <laughs> that's not true. And we're resonating at a higher frequency. So I think it's really important for all of us to make an effort every day to keep our, uh, our mind clean and clear and bright, to raise our frequency, and then to put out into the infinite web of relations uh, as much as possible, love, compassion, joy, and peace, you know, high level uh, vibratory uh, understandings, gratitude and awareness and celebration. So I'll just um, close with that idea that uh, our food is really a vibratory reality also. And if we're eating a low vibratory food, we're eating misery and violence and terror and chemicals and toxicity, that's going to really pull our vibration down in our body. And our body and mind are not separate. They are totally connected. So the more we go to a higher level in our mind, the more we are drawn to eating healthy foods. Make sure you get plenty of complex carbohydrates. That's one mistake a lot of people make. Uh, they think, well, I'm not going to eat any carbs. But carbs are good. You know, get plenty of, and, and plenty of vegetables and, and uh, fruits and so forth and um, calories really and and um, and do fasting now and then for cleansing it's really helpful but i think the main thing is to to work with our consciousness and to radiate as much as we can a sense of kindness to ourselves and to our, the people around us and, and to everyone even the people who uh are uh you know hard for us to to love right whoever those people are to especially include them because Everyone is wounded. And when someone is wounded, they may act in ways that are harmful out of their woundedness. But when someone's wounded, we don't wound them more. We try to send them some understanding. And that doesn't mean we get harmed by them. We can, we can keep our vibratory level high, but don't attack or criticize or blame or shame. That, that always just adds to more uh, uh, negativity in the world. So I think it's really important to to just make an effort to understand ourselves and be a light in the world. And so we have um, Judy Carmen and myself and Madeline uh, started something called the Circle of Compassion. We have the uh, worldwide prayer, <clears throat> prayer for compassion that we say every day at noon. And we have hundreds of people that do that every day at noon. So uh, that's something you can do every day at noon. We set a little, a little alarm and we just put that out. And I think it's really good you know, three times a day, maybe in the morning, at noon, and at evening, to just send out love uh, to the world. And so maybe we can just close with that short prayer. Uh, I, I'll say it three times. Compassion encircles the earth for all beings everywhere. Compassion encircles the earth for all beings everywhere. This is really the truth. Compassion encircles the earth for all beings everywhere. So thank you so much uh, to the million grandmothers. Thank you, Tammy. And I think all of us really, we can be part of this uh, reality of our compassion encircling the earth for all beings everywhere. And that's the reality, that's the truth that ultimately will triumph over all these illusions and deceptions that we see playing out in the apparent world all around us. So thanks for holding the truth it's really wonderful to connect with you. Thanks. Thank you and I'm looking forward to you and Madeline joining the Million Vegan Grandmothers. And namaste, vegan. Great. <laughs> yeah.